A few years ago, I had an experience. You may have had some similar. I was privileged to be able to go to a place called Dubai. Uh, if you've been to Dubai, you certainly will know about it. And Dubai, if any place in the world, Dubai is the kind of epitome of glitz and wealth and glamour and power. Uh, it's quite an incredible place. Um, and I remember we were stood... Uh, in this bit at the bottom of the Burj Khalifa, which is the tallest building in the world. And it's really impressive. You get there and you just feel this sense of, wow, this is enormous, surrounded by wealth, surrounded by sports cars that you've dreamed of when I was a little lad, beauty, fame, wealth. And I remember thinking as a follower of Jesus, quite intimidated that on the one hand, this seductive world of power, wealth, fame, beauty, and little old me trying to follow Jesus in my little old church back home, trying to change the world, and yet here stood in a place where you thought, boy, have I backed the wrong horse? Faced with a kingdom of real power, a seemingly insignificant little world of trying to follow Jesus. And I wonder if you've ever felt like that. Maybe you are a Christian, and something's kind of come crushing into you, and life-wise, questions you're not sure how to deal with, or just the stuff of life that makes you wonder, have I backed the wrong horse? When so much around us seems so seductive and attractive. Or maybe you are exploring following Jesus for yourself, and you're kind of interested in Jesus. You've kind of plugged in a little bit with church, maybe even on, online. And you're just wondering, does this cut it? Does this really change things for my life, change the world? Uh, well, I began to think of this when you think about the Gospel of Luke that we're looking at. Because this Gospel, it's one of four Gospels written about Jesus' life. And at the very beginning of it, Luke tells us why he's writing it. Luke chapter 1, verse 3, it tells us why he's writing what he's writing. And he says this, I decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you've been taught. So Luke is writing this 2,000 years ago to a guy called Theophilus. We don't know who Theophilus is, but his name is almost certainly Roman. And not only that, did you see that? Most excellent Theophilus. He's not just any old Roman. He's clearly someone of status within the Roman world. Probably some sort of regional governor type thing. That's who people suggest. And no doubt, somebody like Theophilus was faced with the glory of Rome. The global empire taking over the world. And yet he'd heard little stories of this little ragtag bunch of people following this guy who the Romans had nailed to a cross. And he wants to know, which horse do I back? And so Luke simply writes these stories about Jesus so that he may know the certainty of what he's begun to hear. And in this, I think there's some important truths that are all of us worth reflecting on this morning. Because if you want to change a world, you can do it through power. You can do it through wealth. You can do it through beauty. You can do it through seduction. But ultimately, where's the Roman Empire now? And yet here we are, 21st century Britain, worshipping Jesus, the one that Luke was writing about. 
along with billions of people through history and estimated 1.8 billion people today worshipping Jesus on the planet. So you almost want to go back to Theophilus and say, which horse are you going to back? Because you can change the world with wealth, power, and strength, or you can change people's hearts who then change the world. And Jesus simply tells a very simple story to illustrate this. It's a story that if we've been around church, we'll know it's sometimes called the story of the the parable of the sower or the parable of the soils. And I think there's just a few things that are worth reflecting on very briefly. And the first thing is this. Not everyone will change. So Jesus tells the story of a farmer who goes and just scatters seeds. And there's four different responses to it. And one of those responses, as he scatters his seed, it falls on a path. And we read in verse 5 that it just falls on a path and birds come and eat it up. In other words, it gets gobbled up and disappears. The message of Jesus for some is just nothing. And I remember years ago, I was uh, in a house, house with a couple, and it was fascinating. And, they, and they'd said they were interested in Christianity. And I remember chatting at the kitchen table with this husband and a wife. And what was fascinating is she was really interested in this guy who was sat there on his laptop pretending to be interested in me, but really looking at his stocks and shares. It was fascinating. How do you kind of convince somebody when they're kind of going, mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm, ooh, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Anyway, he wasn't interested. And the truth is, some people will just think that the Christian message is not for them or is worthless and irrelevant. And I think that's immensely liberating for those of us who are followers of Jesus to realize that for some, no matter how convincing way we think we may be, actually they're just not going to ever be interested in Jesus. But do you notice something? Look at verse 12 of chapter 8. Those along the path who are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And I simply want to say to those of us here, those of us church at home, those of us watching somewhere else and online, this is not just a simple message that is a lifestyle choice. Follow Jesus, add him to your agenda. Jesus is talking about salvation. And the truth is, if you want to change the world, you've got to change yourself. Jesus is the only one that can really change your heart and your life. But not everyone will be up for that. The second thing that I think comes through this story that Jesus tells is that changing the world can seem really feeble or small. Do you notice what the story is about? Verse 5, a farmer went to sow his seed. And that seed, verse 12, is the word of God. It's a seed, little, little seeds. Seeds don't look impressive, certainly not compared to the Burj Khalifa or the Roman Empire. And changing the world can seem very, very feeble. In a world of TikTok and the metaverse, we all want big exposure. That's how you change things, isn't it? Get on the front page. Go viral. Think big. Be noticed. Even if people don't like you, it gets exposure. And yet here... The change starts very, very small. And I was thinking about this, and I know friends, family who have fostered children. For those people, you may be the change that changed the rest of the legacy of that person's life and the future lives beyond them, just with a very subtle change by welcoming me into your home. Start small has a massive trajectory difference. 
So friends, can I say, don't be discouraged if the change you long to see seems pretty insignificant. Or even you're trying to do your best to follow Jesus, and yet compared to the Burj Khalifas, compared to all the seduction and the attraction, it seems so powerless and weak. Seeds seem pretty powerless and weak at the beginning. But then they grow to be a meadow and then to be a forest that changes the planet. So change might seem tiny at the start. Third thing is this. Changing the world is not a surface level thing. You can only tell how good the soil is by the fruit on the trees. Some in Jesus' story believed Jesus and followed and embraced that message. Verse 13. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy. Yes! But they've got no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. In other words, the success of a church, the success of a ministry, the impressiveness of a tower has got nothing to do with how it looks. It has everything to do with how deep the roots grow. Go. Something seemed to change the world, and yet within a matter of hours, Months, years are nothing, as we said. Where's the Roman Empire now? My father-in-law is a farmer. And what's amazing, when you go to Lincolnshire, where he farms, and you see the time of kind of sowing the seeds, the fields look so impressive. You know, all carefully sowed. I don't know what the word is. You know, the right furrows and all of that. Looks amazing, but he knows, everyone knows, you can't tell how good that field is or how well it's been farmed until later on when the crops start to grow. So friends, changing the world has got nothing to do with how attractive it may appear now. Something may seem so right and so seductive and so powerful now, but in a matter of years will be nothing. In the same way, there will be things that you know your ancestors 20, 30 years ago were transfixed by and now is nothing just like the next gimmick. And why? Why do people then get so drawn away? Well, verse 13 talks about those who are in times of testing. When you go through difficult times and you want to follow Jesus, you grasp it, but then suddenly it's just hard and the seduction of the beautiful things seems so easier. Or verse 14, did you notice something? Let me read that to you. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Following Jesus and saying yes for a while, but then the stuff of life just weighs you down, or there's something that seems ever so seductive and attractive, just knocking you off course so you never really grow. And that leads me to the next thing. And it's this, that changing the world is never about now. It's all about next. We all know changing the world takes a long time. And you see the evidence of it years, decades later. And I just wanted to encourage those of us who are in friendship groups or have children or in families where we're just thinking, I don't know what my life's about. Friends, the simplest things can bear much fruit for decades. 
So answer the question in 30, 40 years' time, because you may be making a much bigger change than you ever realize. And as I come to a close, there's a really important final thing, and it's this. Changing the world involves endurance. So some kind of get swiped away by times of testing. Others by seduction, by life's pleasures. But do you notice what the fruitful one involves? Let me read it to you, verse 15. The seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. I want to encourage you that if you're somebody wondering if you've backed the wrong right horse and the things that around you seem so lovely and powerful and make a difference and yet following Jesus seems so tricky at the moment and you don't see the fruit of that, maybe this is the time where what you need to be doing, the call on your life is to simply put one foot on front of the other and to persevere. Because the seed may seem small, It may seem hidden at the moment. But as Jesus' story tells us, it's that seed that grows to bear a fruit even a hundredfold. And I want to encourage you, simple things like keeping on gathering, keeping on meeting for church at home, keeping on meeting our groups, keeping on just doing the do, even when you don't feel like it, changes everything. I was uh, hearing the other day, as many of you know, we support Open Doors, which is a a Christian organization to support our brothers and sisters around the world who are persecuted for their faith. And I was hearing the story of one woman, Monica, who basically husband kicked her out because she was a follower of Jesus. And he basically said, I'll take you back in a culture in which a wife without a husband is kind of has nothing. He said, I'll take you back if you get rid of Jesus. And she made the brave choice to say, I'm going to stick with Jesus. Most of us will never face that sort of perseverance. But we all, to a degree or another, face a choice. Burj Khalifas of this world. Or the simple, faithful, serving Christ. Because do you notice something as I close? What is it actually that changes the world? Is it us? Well, let me remind you. Verse 5 and verse 12. What's the seed that grows? A farmer went to sow a seed, and that seed is the word of God. Friends, like Theophilus, there he was wondering which horse was the right one to back. The Roman Empire would have seemed so powerful, and yet here we are now, following the one who's changed everything. And meanwhile, the Roman Empire, with all its power, has gone, gone, gone. So for those of us who are backing Jesus, he's the one that will change your life and is and has changed the world.